Welcome to the A-Game Podcast with Nick LaMagna, digging into the minds and experiences of some of today's brightest entrepreneurs in real estate and business, along with Hollywood stars, UFC fighters, and your favorite rock bands. People that have figured out how to overcome obstacles, take chances, live boldly, and no matter what they do, they always bring their A-game. Ever wanted to play the drums? Or do you want to get your kids some drum lessons to burn some of that energy while they are all locked up? Take advantage of a free drum lesson with one of the tri-state area's most respected drummers, Dan LaMagna. Dan LaMagna has played in such bands as Crown of Thorns, Suicide City, Biohazard, The Real McKenzie's, Sworn Enemy, The Walls of Jericho. He has played all over the world and he is also endorsed by such companies as DW, Vader, and Sabian. Dan has taught Tons of people from all different age groups and all different music styles. He can teach adults, kids, advanced, beginner, any types of styles from metal, all different types of percussion, whatever style you want. Get a free drum lesson today from Dan. All you need to do is text the word drummer, D-R-U-M-M-E-R, to the number 833-482-0167. Again, text drummer to 833-482-0167 for your free drum lesson. All right, my guest today on the A-Game podcast is William Brainham. Uh, Will Brainham, we can go by either one. He is also uh, the owner and founder of Naked Warrior Recovery CUD products, as well as a Navy SEAL. So lots of his resume, and on top of that, he's making me jealous by living in Hawaii right now. So uh, we were just getting into talking about that. Uh, I really appreciate you being on today, man. I, um, I've been taking CBD for a while, and I just had so many questions. It's the Wild West. So I was asking around. I said, I really want somebody who's an expert on this can, that can really talk and know what they're talking about and be a legitimate resource. And uh, I got hooked up with you when I was checking out your Instagram and seeing all the stuff you did and just impressed with everything you're doing on the um, on the medical side with the CBD, the business side. Obviously, you're doing well. And especially thank you for your service with the, the Navy SEAL stuff. It's just an amazing thing to have under your belt. I just literally finished the David Goggins book yesterday. So um, I'll let you do a quick intro, but thank you for coming out with me today. Yeah, awesome. Um, so you want me to tell, me, tell you about myself? Yeah, if you could. There was a, there was a little skip there, yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, Will Branham, uh, I was in the SEAL teams for 26 years. Um, at some point, they're like, okay, you need to go find a new, uh, new line of work. That's just the military in general. Um, I grew up in Meridian, Mississippi. Um, I... Uh, you know, I've been to 42 different countries uh, during my, my my time in the in the service. Um, several several combat deployments. Um, let's see. Uh, not much to tell about myself. I'm you know I'm just a regular guy. I live in Hawaii now. I like to surf, um, and uh, yeah, hang out with my hang out with my family. So that's awesome, man. So I'm assuming you uh, wind up in Hawaii. Uh, did you wind up there with the military initially and just fall in love and never want to leave? Yeah, well, so um, Hawaii was my last duty station. Uh, I spent my last five years on active, du active duty here. We have a, a very small SEAL team here um, and a headquarters element. So we have a, a, a mini submarine that, you know, you put on the back of like a nuclear powered submarine and you go around the world and you do stuff and then you come back. And there are no books written about anything that we've done. Um, you won't see, you know, anyone talking about it in the, in the press. Um, yeah. So we just <laughs> go places awesome. and do things and then come back. 
I just, um, I was just reading the, I was telling you the can't hurt me David Goggins book. And he went into some of the things they had to do during hell week and just some of the training. And it's just unbelievable. man. the, the grueling mental toughness and physical stuff that they put you through. I mean, it's just, I'm sure that's something you'll carry with you for the rest of your life. I mean, making it through that, the numbers of people that, I mean, I'm assuming anybody who even goes in the direction of becoming a Navy SEAL is just a different type of person. And then the people that be able to actually make it through are an entirely different breed. And, you know, that's, it's interesting. I actually uh, wrote a post last night kind of about that. And, um, you know, when I was going through SEAL training, I'm just a regular guy, like I said, just like average runner, average swimmer. And, you know, when you think about SEALs, you think about these elite athletes and, and those guys are in the SEAL teams, but generally not. Uh, the guys that go to training, you have the, you know, the, the star, you know, lacrosse players or the star football players or runners or whatever. And generally those guys don't make it. Um, they're used to winning all the time and just being you know, the most successful people in their peer group, in their school, in their college, in their whatever. And then they get into steel training and they're like, you're no longer number one. You, you're still the fastest runner, the fastest swimmer, the fastest whatever, but your physical gifts are not the thing that's gonna make you a Navy SEAL. Your physical gifts will help get you there, but it's your mental toughness. Like, you know, some people don't want to get back in that ocean. People say, oh, the Pacific Ocean, it's not that cold. You've never been in it. <laughs> I mean, in the summertime, there's a couple of months where it's, where it's relatively warm. Um, but, you know, Southern California is not a warm climate, generally. Um, although it does have warm months. But really, it's like, you know, they don't want to get back in that frigid ocean. Or they don't want to put that boat back on their head. Or they don't want to carry that log anymore. Or someone in the boat crew isn't performing to you know, this elite athlete standard. So it's, it's this, uh, you know, at the end of the day, the SEAL teams, it's a team environment. And if you don't work as a team, you're not going to succeed. Um, and if you don't have the mental toughness to like, to, to get through the hard times, you're not going to succeed. So that's, that's really kind of what SEAL training is, is about. It's, it's a selection process. Do you have it or do you not? Yeah, I think it's very interesting because I do see that um, obviously on a, a much lower scale, but there's, there's some guys that I know in the business world that are very successful and I keep trying to, they tell me every time I see them, oh, I'm going to start jujitsu, I'm going to start boxing, I'm going to start doing all this stuff, you know, and they just never do. Or actually, I take it back, one of my friends went one time and he's a very successful guy, big guy, strong guy, and we were talking and he was like, I don't know what it is, I just can't bring my butt to go back there a second time. He's like, I went there once. I got my butt kicked by some girl and I just don't want to go back. And um, we were talking about it and I was like, it's because you've been the, the black belt, you've been the alpha, you've been the top dog in business and in your family and in all these things. And when you're used to doing that, to be able to go back and take that off and go back to being a white belt or being just an average person and having to earn that back up, it's very uncomfortable for people to do and sometimes and uh, like you said so those star athletes they come through and it's like man i'm used to being the fastest guy at the track at my high school or on my team and then you come around like you know all these other guys that might not look as physically impressive but mentally they're running circles around you that just it's got to be deflating and i'm sure that's where it comes in that you have to check your ego and just make that decision of like is this for me or not i'm gonna i'm gonna stick with this or i'm just gonna go back home and go about my business right and in, in that you know in kind of you you kind of said it there and you know the guys that that do make it um 
you know, there's a very famous Navy SEAL, the guy who shot Bin Laden. He was in my bud's class, Rob, and uh, Rob is shaped kind of like a pear, <laughs> pear-ish. <laughs> He's not like the, you know, the big, you know, super stocky, whatever. Most of those guys quit. Um, Rob is just like an average shaped dude. And, uh, you know, I was like, you know, you, you have this sort of mental picture of who you think, you know, the David Goggins or the whomever. Um, and you look at, you know, and you look at someone like Rob and you're like, you're not going to make it. But then, you know, he's probably the most famous guy seal on the planet right now. Um, so you never know, you never know who it's going to be. It could be the, the smallest, skinniest guy that's going to be the best operator or, you know, we had guys that were just like, you know, they look like the Incredible Hulk and they could barely even, you know, make it down the beach, you know, with the boat on their head or even in the, in, into the SEAL teams. They made it through buds. They were, they were still struggling physically, even though they looked like, you know, beasts. You know, it's funny. I think um, a lot of people are under misconception, too, that guys that go through Navy SEALs might just be just the crazy mentally strong guys, just like the tenacious animal kind of person. And I think they discount how intelligent they actually need to be as well. And I, I didn't know that at first. And I had a friend that was very physically impressive. I mean, the guy just, he would do anything and he, there was no quitting him, swimming, running everything. But then he actually failed out because the, the intellectual part of that was really hard with some of the stuff. I remember he was telling me about having a, to work some sort of, um, some sort of calculations to, to planning stuff like underwater explosives. And it, it was very technical and it was, it wasn't the kind of thing where your brawn was really going to get you through that. And that was where you struggled. And, I, and that right. was very eye opening to me that I was like, Oh yeah, it's not just about, you know, holding your breath and swimming and running through a wall and kicking indoors. Like it's tactical. You have to be intelligent. You have to use your brain. You have to, it's all of it. And you know, that all goes back to, you know, the, just the mental strength of them. I'm just, I'm fascinated by it because one of the things I, I just repeat, everybody's probably sick of hearing me saying it, but I always say how you do anything is how you do everything. So yep. you're really at the top of the mountain on that phrase that, you know, I don't know anybody who's done anything tougher than make it as a Navy SEAL and do the stuff you've done. So I feel like once you've done that, like, does anything seem like a challenge anymore? I mean, it's, it, I can't everything, be more grueling. Everything seems like a challenge. You know, you were talking about kind of the, uh, you know, guys that they, they're, they've succeeded in the business world. They've succeeded in like, you know, physical world. And they go to jujitsu and they get their butts kicked by a girl. <laughs> you know, when I, when I left the, the Navy, I kind of went through that. Like I had to put a white belt on and like really start my life all over again. Um, because my entire adult life has been in the military. It's been in the SEAL teams. I've been, you know, surrounded by, you know, elite professionals my entire adult life. So when I left that, and then I, and now I'm on my own, now I have to find my own, like, I have to like start learning, like, what am I going to do? Am I going to just find a desk job somewhere and just, and die in the corner? Or am I going to, um, you know, become a bum and sleep on the beach? Well, that's not an option either. That's not fulfilling at all. And it's not the most, uh, um, the best way to spend uh, time with your family. Uh, because, you know, I'm, I'm still a provider. Um, so I, I went into the business world where I know nothing about, you know, sales is the last thing on my mind, you know, coming from the military. Um, and I've always been kind of like, well, who I'm not really into sales. That's not what I do. Really. You do do sales in the military. You have to sell missions 
to the leadership. Hey, this is a bad guy. We really need to get him. And here's why. And here's how we're going to do it. Same thing goes into the, into the business world. Um, and I had to like, kind of like figure out what that was and what I was going to do and how I was going to do it. And along the way, I discovered CBD, um, which I'm, I'm now going down that road and doing the sales. And, you know, this is, you know, these are the right products that you need. This is the reason that you should use it and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But, but yeah, I mean, for sure, I'm, I'm, I'm still probably a, a two-stripe white belt, you know, as far as jujitsu goes um, in, my, in my new current, uh, current life. Yeah, but the, 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 the fear of, of jumping into something new, I'm sure, is just something that's never going to hold you back. You know, I, I literally named the podcast the A-Game Podcast because I like talking to people that I don't care what they do, whether it's, you know, being a Navy SEAL or owning a cleaning business or something, just if you're scrubbing toilets, or you're building buildings or whatever it is, you're, you're bringing your best and you're not making excuses and you're just paying attention to the details and you're kicking things butts. And obviously you don't get to be where you are by not bringing your A game into everything you do. You would fall by the wayside very fast. So I'm sure with everything you're putting your focus on with that same tenacity and the same worth ethic, you're going to be absolutely successful. And, um, you know, business is not going to be any different as far as that, that mentality. So I, I see some of the stuff in the background over there. I am, I am very fascinated with CBD. So um, I'm definitely interested in how you came up with the name uh, Naked Warrior Recovery. <laughs> so, so that's, uh, it, so it has two meanings. Um, number one is, so going back in my history as a, as a SEAL, um, the first, the pre-SEALs were, uh, they were called the Naked Warrior. And where they came from is, so have you seen the movie Saving Private Ryan? Yes. That first scene where the, the landing craft are going ashore. So that, that was really the, the birth of the SEAL teams, truly. Um, they were called underwater, they weren't called under, underwater demolition teams yet, but basically the Navy asked for a bunch of volunteers and these guys volunteered. They're just regular. Um, they were guys that were good at explosives and, uh, and swimming and just problem solving. And that's a lot of what being a SEAL is, is problem solving and being good at some stuff. Um, and also true in the business world. But so, uh, you know, the U.S., the co coalition forces, the U.S. knew that they were going, going to storm the beaches in Normandy, but they didn't know, you know, if there were obstacles underwater, if there were, uh, you know, what the enemy forces were on the beach, what obstacles they were going to encounter when they got to the beach, et cetera, et cetera. So they, they got these guys to come in. They swam ashore. They, they took little boats. Uh, little rubber boats to come and uh, and drop them off close to shore, a few thousand yards offshore. They would swim in, they would do a reconnaissance of the beach, and then they would swim back out. And it would be eight to sixteen guys. They would get in a line about twenty-five yards apart. They would have a slate around their neck. And if you look at, let's see, if you look at the, I don't even know if you can see this, but there's a little slate around their neck. Um, let me turn my turn my camera yeah. on. Looking at mine right here. Uh, they just have fins, uh, a pair of shorts, a K-bar knife, and um, you know a mask. And what they would have is they would have a um, a a rock with a piece of string. And every six feet there was a knot, and that was one fathom. Six feet is one fathom, and that's how you read. You know. Uh, the depth of water and they would measure the you know they would get online get online and then they would measure the depth of the water and once everyone had their depth they would swim 
swim down and swim 25 yards underwater looking for obstacles, come up, mark the obstacle on their, on their slate that's around their neck. Um, actually, uh, this guy right here. Oh, nice. So, so a slate around their neck, um, and then they would, you know, go and, you know, get online again, measure, and they would do three to 5,000 yards of beach a night. Then they would go back to the ship. They would take all of their data. They would put it on a big chart. And then that would give the, the landing force an idea of, you know, obstacles in the water, lanes of traffic, what obstacles were on the beach. So they were able to plan the assault. And so these guys, um, they were used for that. And so basically, as the landing force is coming in, so like saving Private Ryan and, you know, dudes are shooting at, at these guys, just before those guys are, the landing craft gets there, these naked warriors would go in, they would find the obstacles underwater, tie demolitions on them, line them all up and then like get out of the water and then like they're blowing the obstacles as the landing force is like coming in um and you know stuff on the beach also so they're taking fire from the you know from the land and then the ships are firing over their heads at the uh, to kind of suppress the fire so so that was in the atlantic that was the only time these guys were used in the atlantic fast forward to the the pacific um you know, kind of a similar thing was happening, less intense, you know, with the Japanese, but they were, there were these island campaigns where the Japanese would come in, take over islands, and, um, you know, the, the U.S. would come in and, and take the islands back from the Japanese. Well, in the Pacific, there are reefs around these islands, and um, these landing craft would come in, they would get stuck on the reef, and Marines or whatever would run off the, the you know, off the landing craft run across the reef and it's like they're they think they're in like you know knee-deep water but on the other side of that reef it's like 25 feet and so they would like run off and they would drown and they're wearing like 30 50 70 pounds worth of equipment and so um these same guys were were i guess recommissioned to come out to the pacific to do the same mission so they would go in they would measure you know the depth of the water look for obstacles where they were man-made or natural and then they would blow them up at as the landing force was, was coming to shore. Um, those fast, so those guys were called, they were eventually turned into underwater demolition team. And then in 1967, JFK uh, turned them all into Navy SEALs. So that's sort of the, my history as a SEAL, a little bit of history, I went a little long with that, but um, um, so that's one piece of the naked warrior. Uh, and, and those guys were called naked warriors at the time because they were going in and they were going into combat with a pair of swim trunks, a mask, a pair of fins, and a K-bar knife. That's it. Um, so the other piece of that is, you know, we're into 11, 12, 13, 15 years of, of war. A lot of years of war right now. What are we in? Like 19 years of war almost. Um, and there are so many people who are struggling with, you know, PTSD, TBI, um, other psychological issues. And, and this was true for me is, you know, we're all, you know, we all have uh, attitude and we all have like this, you know, ironclad um, armor that we keep around us. We're never vulnerable ever. And that is, you know, that's good when we're in combat, when we're, when we're fighting, whether it's business or, you know, first responders doing the things that they do or in the military or in life. You know, sometimes you have to put these walls up and you have to wear this armor around. Um, but if you never take that armor off and you 
you know, you know, kind of expose yourself and just become naked and, and, you know, Hey, here I am. You will never find the healing that you need from the, from the wounds, emotional, physical, whatever that you have when you're, you know, when you're out in the trenches in combat. So really you have to, at some point, come back, take your armor off, expose yourself, become this naked warrior again. You know, it doesn't mean that you're weak. You just have to take your guard down so that you can heal. I mean, even, you know, when we, when we are go to combat, when we come back, we take our armor off, we like put it on the shelf and then we, we rest and we recover. If you never let your guard down and you're always in this fight or flight mode, then you're never going to heal. And so, so that's the other side of, of naked warrior recovery is you have to like take that armor off. You have to, you know, become naked so that you can start the healing process and recovery process. That's an amazing story. Both, both sides of that I actually really enjoyed. That's really cool. I didn't know about the whole history of that. And I think it's, I think it's so important, especially at a time like right now when there's people that are stuck home, they don't have their outlets. I, I, I've talked about it a few different times, but I know probably like you find too, there's, there's a sense of camaraderie and there's a sense of just uh, that release and being able to go and do something that you love to have some sort of release from all that mental stress and that anxiety and just the, the depression and people that are, that are just building up. Like I, I trained with uh, Matt Sarah in New York and he always says that our gym is like the land of misfit toys. Everybody goes there to, to kind of let their things go. And that's why they all fit in with each other in a place that maybe they all didn't fit in anywhere else before. And I always worry now that we've been in lockdown for so long that people are losing some of those outlets, whether it's going to yoga or going for, you know, jujitsu session or, or like you said, there's guys that have all that PTSD and there's, they found ways to, to release it or try to deal with it. And now I feel like a lot of those outlets have been shut down. And I worry about what that's doing to people's mental health over the last 30, 60, 90 days being confined and stuck in a house and things like that. So um, you being somebody who probably deals with that on a higher level, what are some things that you're doing while this is going on that somebody listening might be looking for a way to let some of that stress and that mental release out if they're not able to hit some of their normal things? And um, following up with that, are you finding that the CBD products are helping with some of that anxiety that people are feeling? Yeah, so um, the way I used to deal with it was alcohol and uh like a lot of alcohol and it didn't matter if it was stress from you know losing friends in combat um or just you know bringing home whatever stuff is in your mind you know always in this fight or flight mode mentally or if it's a toxic relationship or it doesn't didn't matter i would deal with it you know i would you know my sleep sucks i would deal with those uh those things with with alcohol because you know if you drink enough you're going to not stay conscious much longer um so i would drink myself to sleep most nights um i had heard about cbd uh probably five years ago before this big boom of cbd listening to a podcast driving to work and um you know there was a it, was they were talking something about you know the medical marijuana and you know the, the the benefits of it, but they were like everyone knows THC, but there's this other little molecule that has all these healing properties and it has some very medicinal properties, etc. And it's called CBD. And then there's these other minor cannabinoids that do other things uh, for you. And so and I was like, oh, that's cool. And it's always kind of registered in the back of my mind. But you know, being active duty military. 
I'm not going to touch any sort of marijuana or cannabis plant or anything else. I have a top secret clearance. Um, you know, they, that would end my career very quickly if I were drug tested. Um, so, I, you know, I'm like, that's cool. Maybe one day. And then as I retired, retired almost two years ago, um, in 2018, July, 2018, um, I didn't still didn't try CBD until June of 2019. And what happened for me is I was, I was in Virginia, uh, dealing with some stuff and I visited a friend and, and, uh, and I said, Hey, I'm going to take off and go find, see if I can find some CBD. And I didn't know anything about quality or quantity or um, any of the stuff that I know now. But I talked to my buddy Ray and he was like, oh, you want CBD? I've got some right here. Some, some sponsors have given, you know, given me some bottles. And so I took it I was, and that night I slept a little bit better. Um, I woke up, I was a little less pissed off. Um, you know, I was like living in this like red zone of like, um, you know, you can't, you don't have good self, you know, good self talk. You just like pissed off. You can, you know, go off any minute, but I went from like the red zone to like the super bright orange zone. So now I'm able to have a little bit more better self talk, uh, a little bit better ability to process my emotions and kind of think about things. And, you know, over time, um, you know, I went from like super orange to, uh, you know, regular orange to like light orange to yellow and every now and then I'll touch the green. Um, but so that, you know, the, a bottle lasts about 30 days, depending how much you take. Um, and I did, still didn't know about dosing or anything else. I was like, Oh, this seems to be work for me. And a side of uh, a secondary effect that I did not expect was, you know, I would reach to do like, go do something. And I'm generally like, I know, that's going to hurt. So I'm like reaching, ah, it's pain. But, you know, over time of taking CBD, I'm like, I start grimacing and I can do the whole range of motion without very much pain. It's like, it's not like stabbing me in the heart kind of pain. It's just like, oh, that's just got dull, minor pain. It's like, oh, that's cool. And I finished the bottle and then like, you know, stuff, I started going from like, you know, living in the like orange yellow zone back up to like bright orange. I'm like, oh, and pain started coming back. So I tried a different brand. Fortunately, I've found good quality brands. Since I've started the CBD journey, these other brands have done their, thankfully, they do a pretty good job of, of, of quality. Um, and so, so I tried another brand and, and I, it worked pretty well. And, and then I found an opportunity to, I, and I wanted to get into this industry. I didn't have, have any idea how, like maybe I should work for a CBD company. Um, so I started kind of doing that research and then I found ways to, um, I went and, you know, researched suppliers. I went and researched other companies and then I started finding like, there's a lot of dirty product in the marketplace. Um, and so as I, you know, went down this journey, I found, um, that there, there are some good companies out there. And so I went and found the good suppliers and I started getting my, and, and created my product and and created naked warrior from some of the best suppliers uh in the marketplace because you know going back to you know dirty products so um the way that the the cbd is extracted from the hemp is very is important because the fda has done several studies and some other you know 
other people have done several studies where they've gone out and they've, you know, either taken stuff off of the shelves, like just bought stuff off shelves or bought stuff offline. And most products out there either have no CBD, they don't have the amount of CBD they have it, they say they have it in them. They have high THC, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with THC. I just don't have any in my products. Uh, high levels of THC, um, toxins, uh, heavy metals, um, solvents that they use to extract the CBD. Um, and so most products that you find are either low quality or they don't, they're not, you're not actually buying what you're buying, what you think you're buying. Um, and so, um, I kind of went off on a little tangent there. No, that was great. But, I love listening to it. <clears throat> but, um, but as you, you know, as I started peeling back the onion, I, I realized like how bad the industry is and we need good quality products on, you know, because there's a, you know, gas stations are carrying CBD now. And someone asked me, you know, what's the, what's the difference between your CBD and gas station CBD? And my response was something along the lines of, you know, what's the difference between like sushi, sushi that you buy in a, you know, in a sushi house and the sushi you buy in a gas station, you know? I, I mean, you, you're kind of rolling the bones there a little bit, but what, why it's important is hemp. So hemp is the, hemp is a cannabis plant. Hemp is the, um, hemp is a bioaccumulator and that's where CBD comes from, it comes from hemp. Uh, hemp is such a powerful bioaccumulator that they're using hemp at Chernobyl to clean the radiation out of the soil so that they can eventually go back and repopulate that, that place. So, you know, if you're, if the hemp that's being grown is being grown, you know, let's say it's organic and a lot of companies use that word organic, um, you know, organic farm, but the farm down the way, you know, they have corn or whatever, and they're spraying, you know, Roundup or whatever, pesticides, herbicides, um, that's going into the soil and it's coming across over to this other hemp plant that's, or, you know, farm that's organic. And um, so it's, that will end up in your body. So my thought is, why are you putting something, you know, medicinal in your body at the same time that you're putting poisons into your body? Let's try to make this as natural as possible and as clean as possible. So that's kind of where I stand on the, on the, on the CBD side and why I have the, the products that we have. That's awesome. And you nailed it because that's exactly the questions that I get a lot is, you know, CBD, I could just get it at, at ExxonMobil. And I'm like, no, no, you don't, you don't want that stuff. You don't know what you sure can, maybe. Yeah, it, it, it reminds me of, you know, not, uh, not that it's the same product, but uh, people talk about like the gas station Viagra. And then you see like the UFC fighters that are like failing drug tests for it because you don't know what's in that stuff. Like, do you really want to take whatever that right. is for 35 cents? You know, it's, it's the craziest thing ever. So um, it did become the Wild West, but it's been interesting because not that long ago, probably I'd say less than two years uh, a lot of fighters couldn't even use it. And it just amazed me because people still think like my, my aunt Elaine, she was having trouble sleeping. So I started talking to her about CBD and I, I still get the text from people like, well, I, I didn't take it yet because I didn't know if it was going to make me high or how it was going to feel. And I'm like, it doesn't have any of that stuff in there, but there's still that weird uh, correlation that people think it, it's something that gets you high. And like you said, with the THC to me, I, I have no problem with THC, but if my joints hurt or, or, you know, I need a good night's sleep and I take something with THC, I'm not going to be able to function all day long and do the things I need to do. 
And a lot of the times, the ones that have the, the THC in it especially, they leave me very groggy in the morning. Even if I get a good night's sleep, I'm kind of dragging the next day. I have that almost like too much Benadryl feeling in the morning, which I'm not getting from right. your stuff at all. So, you know, I think that it's, it's definitely helped me. And another thing that I think is really interesting that you said, which pointed out is I'll try and get people into taking CBD. And then a week or two later, I'll hear from them, ah, my, this hurts, that hurts. And I'm like, well, yeah, but were you taking the CBD? Yeah, yeah, I took it for a couple of days. Didn't, I didn't feel any better. I'm like, it's not an injection. Like, you have to take it for, I mean, I think it it's took It's not me, ibuprofen or... Yeah, it, it, it yeah. probably was about 30 days for me the first time where exactly like you said happened was I ran out of it. And two or three days later after I stopped taking it, I was like, I feel terrible. Like, I'm in a bad mood. My joints hurt again. Everything that I forgot bothered me is bothering me again. And I was like, holy crap, it's the CBD. And I went back on it. And after a couple more days on it, so when you stay on it, I mean, I was to the point, I wasn't even able to do push-ups, all my tenons and stuff, like little easy things I should be able to do were bothering me. And then back on it for two or three weeks. And it's amazing. Like the stress is gone, the inflammation has gone. And, you know, I could, I eat the, your gummies I've been eating during the day. A lot of the other stuff I wasn't able to, because I wound up passing out in the middle of it. This has helped me get through the day. And then I'm taking the tinctures at night. So um, I did want to hear a little bit about what was your thoughts initially on it when you started talking to people about it? Because if you started it within the last few years, initially, it still did have that bad element to some people that they thought it was a drug or it was doing something it wasn't. And then I've even seen <laughs> when I went out to, to Seattle and I talked to some of the guys that were running the dispensaries, I was blown away by the science behind it that I went in and he said, well, you know, what is it? What, what, what's bothering you? Is it anxiety? Is it sleep? Is it inflammation? Because this ratio is going to help more of that. And then they started talking about how far it's going to come that they're going to be able to dissect the CBN just for sleep and then this just for that. And like the, the path that it's going down for the way they're going to break apart even the CBD aspect of it to all these other things that I just think is, is amazing. And I haven't taken an Advil or any of like the over-the-counter anti-inflammatories that I've just read so much nasty stuff about that we're taking every day since I've taken the CBD. It's been years now and I, my body just feels so much better. So, um, you know, talk to me a little bit about the, the science behind it and the reaction you got when you told people this was the, the avenue you, you wanted to explore. So I am a child of Nancy Reagan's war on drugs, just say no. So even though I knew this was a, um, a good thing, um, scientifically, you know, I've done a little bit of research. I've done enough research to know that like, this is a good thing and why are we scared of a plant? <laughs> um, but I was still, you know, apprehensive. Uh, but, and then when I took it and, you know, my life started, my, my whole life started to get better. Um, I knew that there was, and it was, you know, it's gradual. It's not like, you know, you take it, you take a tincture or a gummy and like angels and butterflies start <laughs> flying around and singing. It's not like, it's not like that. It's, uh, um, it's this gradual healing that happens in your body. It's not like taking, you know, ibuprofen or whatever, or like a headache. It's, um, so what, what CBD does is, uh, CBD helps support your endocannabinoid system. So your cannabis endocannabinoid system, which I'll call ECS from now on, endocannabinoid system, your ECS uh, is, is fairly new science uh, in the world of, you know, biology or whatever. Uh, it was first discovered in the 1960s in Israel, and there's a whole bunch of, I could talk about that, but then when medical marijuana, fast forward to the 1990s, when medical marijuana started becoming legal, um, 
scientists started like trying to figure out why. Why is this cannabis plant helping people get better? You know, most of it was looking at the THC side of it, but they also found the CBD side of it. But additionally, they found the ECS, the endocannabinoid system, which all mammals have. <clears throat> Basically what it is is a giant neuroreceptor uh, that's connected to every system in your body, your, your circulatory system, your uh, neurosystem, your digestive systems, uh, immune system, it's connected to every system in your body. And you have CB1 connector, CB1 receptors and CB2 receptors. CB1 are more brain function, brain kind of uh, um, circulatory function and CB2 are kind of everything else. THC goes in and it binds to the, the CB1 receptors and that's the thing that gets you high. CBD, the antithesis really of THC goes in and it will block, so it will block the THC from binding to those receptors. So let's just say you have like a, you know, a really big high or a bad high, you're just tripping out really hard. If you were to take a bunch of CBD, it would bring you back down off that high. Huh. So that's just a little anecdotal something. So you have a buddy who's like, you know, or whatever. Um, or for your listeners out there, that's just a little, a little hack that they could use in the event that they, I've never uh, heard that before. That's definitely going to come in for a bunch of people I know. (laughs) So that could, that's, uh, that is a, that's, um, a little bit of how CBD works, but basically, uh, your, your ECS endocannabinoid system is think of it like in a giant door with like 10,000 locks on it. And you naturally create two different cannabinoids naturally all people all mammals create cannabinoids naturally anandamide is one of them anandamide is uh part of the kind of like you you work out or you go for a run and you feel really good afterwards you, your body has created a bunch of anandamide it's that feel good um kind of goes along with serotonin that kind of feel good uh molecule that helps your body but it also creates a lot of pain as well if you have a lot of pain or inflammation Inflammation, you create, you have a bunch of anandamide, and it's like, and those pain receptors are starting to, to be activated. And then the other one is 2AG. I don't remember what 2AG stands for. It's a long medical word, scientific word, which everyone calls it 2AG. So basically, you, you create two uh, endogenous cannabinoids. Um, and those cannabinoids, they go in and they fill in all the locks on that ECS, on that giant door. Uh, but sometimes, you don't make enough or uh, you don't make any at all and so that door gets sort of rusted shut and it doesn't open properly or it like comes off hinges or whatever um and that's you know it's sort of this this uh, um whole body effect if your ecs is out of whack like other things in your body are going to be out of whack um because it's connected to everything else in your body so that's why CBD kind of seems like it's this panacea. It is not. It doesn't cure anyone of anything. It doesn't fix a specific problem. What, what CBD does, it goes in and it helps unlock and fix that door, you know. Uh, and once the door is, you know, kind of back on its hinges and it's unlocked properly and lubed up, it'll open and close the way it's supposed to. Um, and that's kind of your ECS. You know, if like your your um immune system needs a little extra boost you know if you have you know your door your 
working properly, you your immune system will work properly. If your immune system is out of whack, if your ECS is out of whack, it can have, you know, compounding effects throughout your entire body. That's kind of why, that's why CBD seems like it's, just, you know, it fixes everything. It doesn't fix everything. It actually helps support your endocannabinoid system. Your endocannabinoid system, once that's back into homeostasis, it can help fix the other things that it's connected to within your body, the other system. So it's kind of a self-healing homeostasis uh, place that you kind of need to be in. Interesting. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if you know who uh, Brendan Schaub is, but he was a, uh, he's got a podcast, UFC fighter. I remember a couple of years ago when he had his son, his son was getting um, bad, really bad seizures and they took him to every high-end medical professional in all of Los Angeles and nothing worked until they started giving the kids CBD and the CBD, right. the kids stopped the seizures. So it's just crazy how it used to be people's last resort. And now more and more I'm hearing it become people's first resort. And, um, you know, obviously I'm sure there's all kinds of agendas and things we could jump down for people doing that. But um, I am interested too, because I'm looking at these now you have gummies, you have drops, there's topical, there's all different types of things. Um, is there a, a difference in the way that you ingest it, the way you take it, and does that relate towards what some of the symptoms you might be taking it for are? Because again, you know, sometimes I know people that love the gummies. I love the gummies. I, I eat them during the day. But um, I also find that if I'm taking it more for inflammation, like my joints are just all jacked up from jujitsu over the years, the, the drops really have made me feel better as far as inflammation Whereas the, um, the CBD has really helped me, the gummies, I feel more with um, like mood and mental clarity. Just I could take it during the day, whereas I, it relaxes me a little bit taking the drops at night. I sleep good and I wake up feeling like I'm like internally lubed up, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yes. So I guess it depends what your, what your goal is. It's, it's kind of a complicated question. It's a complicated answer. And the answer is it depends you know, and you kind of said it a little bit, you know, you get, you know, some mental clarity and some, you know, kind of feel a little bit better during the day when you're taking the gummies. And then at night, you know, you take the, the, the oil and it's, and you get to sleep a little bit better and your, it helps your joints and all this other stuff. Everyone is different. Um, it's kind of like, uh, if you think about coffee, you know, people metabolize coffee differently. You know, some people, you know, can drink a, you know, four espressos and then go to bed and sleep where and sleep all night and other people you know they have like a half a half a cup in the morning you know they're wired all day long so really it kind of depends but uh, but to to try to answer your question a little bit better is um there you know it goes back to your endocannabinoid system and it also goes back to goes back to quality um, but also the, so I'll just kind of talk about each product. So each one of the topicals, um, has, let me turn so I can see where I am. Uh, it has, you know, your skin also has this very own endocannabinoid system. So when you use a topical on your skin, it's affecting your, your, uh, the, the ECS that's in your, in your skin. So it's not going into like help your digestive system or anything like that. It's going to help the more topical maybe go into the muscle a little bit, but it's not really going in to help um, the, the internal ECS, the CB1 and CB2 receptors. Um, but so our, the, the, the soft gels that we, we have, 
We use a nano emulsion technology. So basically, it's a it's the same technology that the pharmaceutical industry uses to to make the the oil droplets very tiny. And I can't remember. It's like twenty five percent the size of a normal drop of oil because the body is you know it's seventy percent water. Oil and water don't mix that well. <laughs> so. The, the, the technology that we're using for these gels, um, you know, you just swallow them and they go into, you know, you, they pass your mouth and go into your stomach. And as your stomach breaks down the, the gel coating, um, that the oil gets absorbed into your stomach lining and then goes into your bloodstream. And um, because the droplets are so small, it's easier for your cells to absorb those small droplets. Um, so these are, these are um, some of the small, I, there's a couple other companies that have some nano emulsion technology, but um, these are some of the, the smallest droplets uh, on the market today. Um, that's, and that's what we're using to, um, to get as much effective CBD into your body as possible. And the, the, the tincture, you know, the best way to take this is, is this has the highest absorption rate because you're putting it into your mouth and you hold it under your tongue or you swish it around in your mouth for, you know, 30 seconds to a minute. And that they, you know, your mouth is very vascular. So you're getting that kind of vascular absorption. Um, so it's the quickest absorption uh, versus, versus this. This is faster absorption, um, but I think this is probably better absorption at the end of the day. Um, and then the gummies are, the gummies are the lowest, but I've actually gotten the most uh, positive feedback from the gummies. Huh. And I think maybe it's because they taste good <laughs> and people want to take them. I could definitely see myself eating a whole tub of them. Like I have to. I have a hard time. I'm like, oh man, <laughs> <laughs> they're, 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 they are good. I mean, there's yeah, a little bit of a hippie taste at the end, but you know, you know, and that's that's the other thing about our gummies versus other gummies is uh, a lot of gummies on the market. So, so we didn't talk about like different like well, three main categories of CBD. So you have um, broad spectrum CBD. I'm sorry, you have full spectrum CBD. So basically, you take the hemp plant, you squeeze all the goodness out of it, and you have this oil, and it's got you know less than 0.3% THC. It's got CBD, CBN, CBG, all these other minor cannabinoids and terpenes. So terpenes are like essential oils. Um, pinene and so pinene is like uh, you walk in a pine forest or you, you break some, some pine needles and that smell that you get, that's pinene. That's also in the, in the hemp plant, um, which is good for uh, neuro. It's a, it's a neuroprotectant. So if you have a full spectrum or a broad spectrum oil, um, you have pinene, you have uh, limonene, and, and all these other like minor cannabinoids. There's over a hundred cannabinoids in a in a uh, in the hemp plant. Um, so those are all they have the synergistic effect to help kind of heal the body, heal the the endocannabinoid system, and and kind of you know bring your body back into homeostasis. Um, so a full spectrum CBD product has all of those minor cannabinoids and terpenes. A broad spectrum product has all of those minor cannabinoids and terpenes minus the THC. We just remove the THC, leave everything else in there to have the synergistic effect. Because there's, again, going back to 
are you going to you know fail a drug test are you going to be too groggy at the you know the next day um or what have you um so my products are are broad spectrum products they have all the good stuff from the cannabis plant uh, minus the thc and i'm not saying thc is bad we're just removing it because some people don't want it uh, and the last is CBD isolate. CBD isolate is the cheapest form of CBD um, and least effective. However, there is one company that is FDA approved to sell CBD and it is a CBD isolate and it is for a very specific childhood epilepsy medication. Um, and it's like, I think the going rate is uh, something along the lines of like twenty-five or thirty thousand dollars a year for you know for this medication. It's been you know double-blind tested. It's been it's gone through all the FDA you know rigmarole. Um, so good on them for that. It talks about quality and purity and whatever. But you know what a lot of gummies on the market do today is they'll take the same gummies that you buy from Costco with, for your vitamin C or whatever, and they'll sprinkle CBD isolate onto the the coating of them and then you're just eating like the gummy but and then maybe a little cbd isolate on the outside of it ours are made and maybe that's why they're they're this effective um you have the same consistency of cbd all the way through the gummy so it's not just a coating on the outside it's the cbd oil. it's the same cbd oil that you find in here it's the same, same cbd oil that's in the gummy okay so you're getting that that constant that consistent high quality product through all of the all of the products this also has the same oil it just has this nano emulsion so it's like uh agitated and then it has the emulsifier added to it and which breaks the droplets down to very small and then we put them into uh into a gel cap you know you made me think of something i was going to ask about the dosage and i just realized that maybe part of the reason i'm doing better is because it's easier to know what you're taking with the gummies Whereas yep. I never really know what I'm doing with the, with the tincture. Sometimes I might do it a little bit too much. Maybe that's why I get a little bit of a, that grogginess sometimes. But would you like the, the, the answer I've gotten from people is, again, like you said, it, we're, we're a bit of a chemistry experiment. So play with it a little bit and see what works for you. Is that basically what you would say with the drops too? Or kind of with all of it is, is figure out what's making you feel and then adjust a little bit to what you're taking? Right. It's, yeah, it, yeah. But again, it's not like a, it's not a pharmaceutical. It's not, you know, take two of these and call me in the morning. It's <laughs> like, how do you feel today? And what's going on with your body? So it, it kind of helps to be a little bit more in tune with, with what's going on with you. Um, but so it's important for, for these guys to, to shake it up because the whole thing is not CBD. Everyone in the marketplace has, it's, it's probably this much CBD and the rest is MCT oil or some other kind of hemp oil or whatever, because uh, MCT oil uh, helps to helps with the bioavailability of the, of the CBD oil transfer into your body across the blood brain, blood brain barrier. Um, so it's important to give it a, you know, shake it up before you, before you take it so that you're getting a more consistent uh, amount of CBD uh, throughout the product. Awesome. So for every, for every tinct, for every dropper. So, you know, as you, when you have this, you know, there are lines, and this one is, there are lines, you can kind of measure out what you're, what you're taking there. Um, but, you know, when you take uh, the gummy or if you take the, the gel cap, you know exactly how much CBD you're taking um, at a time. 
the, the good stuff about this is it's a faster absorption into your body. Okay. That's really the, the, the biggest advantage of, of the oil is the, the faster absorption into your body. So you, you get a bit of a quicker um, reaction. Um, but, you know, going back again to, to dosages, it depends. You know, some days I may just like take, you know, a, a gel cap or a gummy and I'm good um, before bed. Uh, there are other days where I'll take like two droppers and two <laughs> gel caps and like I'm just like stressed out and like <laughs> I'm like going into that red zone, like come back down. I have work to do. I need to function. So it it depends. And I hate it. I hate that that's the answer. But, you know, it, it kind of is. No, I totally you know, that. But, it, you know, it really at the end of the day, it's it's more about um, I would, you know, what is the lowest and this is, you know, as a business person, this is not really what I want to say, but as a, as an advocate for good health for people is you want to find the lowest dose possible that gives you the highest uh, amount of benefit. It's fair. So that's why you kind of have to experiment a little bit. And like, if you can get away with like a, a gel cap, awesome. If you can get away with gummies, awesome. Like do a gummy a day or two a day or whatever your, whatever works great for you. Um, to give you the, the, the maximum amount of performance out of, you know, out of yourself and out of the product. Uh, because if you take, you can't, you can't take too much. I mean, if you took like this whole bottle every day, maybe that's too much. <laughs> um, but you don't need that much. So it's not, a, it's not bad that you, if you take more than what your body needs, you're just not going to benefit from it. Yeah, it's how you're going to so, freak out like when people eat too much pot brownies and go crazy or anything like right. that. It's a totally different animal. Um, you're going to be fine, yeah. I you might be kind of tired, but That's why I'm taking it. I, I did have some questions that came in for you, so I was just making sure I wanted to read them before, uh, before I ran out of time with you. Um, he wants to know, how does CBD fit into providing economic stability in the areas that it's farmed in? This is uh, my buddy Solomon, who does a lot of really cool stuff on the real estate side. Uh, Reunions right. company. He he does a lot of stuff with veterans, and uh, he's a military guy himself. So that was one of his questions, and he wanted to know if you feel like the market is saturated with these small stores and suppliers. The market is pretty saturated, but I think uh, you know Tom Billu always says there's room at the top for the best. There's always room at the top for the best. So my my job is to provide the best quality product out there, and get the word out and you know just keep demonstrating results what was the first question you kind of cut out a little bit sure has cbd fit into providing economic stability in the areas that it's formed in in some cases yes um but you know just like you know it's it is kind of a saturated market and it's you know there are sellers and there are suppliers and then there are farmers um you know, a lot of people just ran and jumped into the farming side of it. And there was, you know, not a lot of uh, supply for the hemp plant. And then all of a sudden it became oversaturated. And now it's kind of going through this um, uh, rebalancing of like, what's the right amount of hemp the farmer should grow. So yes, uh, it, it can and it has, but, you know, and, and, you know, I think Kentucky, there's a lot of the, 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 um, what do you call them? Uh, tobacco farmers who are transitioning from tobacco over to hemp. They're just having to deal with the, uh, you know, the 
the fact that it looks and smells and it exactly like marijuana. And so they have to deal with that side of it. But uh, yes, it can. And, and, and it does at times. Okay, awesome. It's, it's it funny the uh, the example you gave because one of my friends, Megan Shaw, who's hopefully listening to this, uh, we went out, we were working in Chicago, and there was a really nice sushi restaurant right outside the hotel. We were like downtown Chicago, and the next morning she texts me and she's like, I'm really sick, I can't come down. I'm like, well, what'd you do? She goes, I think I have food poisoning, I ate some bad sushi. Where'd you get the sushi from? Like, I don't want to go to the place you got the sushi from. I was, I was going to go to that sushi restaurant. She goes, now, nah, you know, I went to go get my nails done and I stopped on the way home at Walgreens and the sushi there looked good. So I ate it. <laughs> Wait, Walgreens from sushis or sushi from Walgreens? Like, what are you doing? So like when you're that example you gave with the CBD, you know, it's uh, it's funny, but it's relevant. But I think that's also another thing where people, people get cheap too. And they, they want to cure their body. And the places that they choose to cut corners always amazes me because they will go get the cheapest, crappiest store brand or, or gas station brand CBD, take it for two or three right. days it doesn't work, and then go back to eating a leave all day long. So, you know, I do tell people it's your body. You know, it's, it's the kind of thing that could really save you all that money in the long run on all the prescription stuff you're taking. So much better for your mind, so much better for your body. I know so many people that have gotten addicted to all these other painkillers and things for their their bumps and bruises over the years that have now just, right. just, just doing CBD, just doing the natural stuff, man. It right. really, I think it's really going to change the game long-term. And, and you know, that, that brings me to a point that I forgot to mention earlier is all of our products are third-party tested. So you don't have to take my word for it. On my website, there are lab results for every, every lot, every batch of, of uh, CBD that we have. So if you buy a product from me, there's a QR code on it. There's a QR code right there. Um, you can scan it. You find the lot number is right on the bottom, and you it'll you can you know scroll through and find that lot of of uh, of CBD and see you know you know toxins, heavy metals, um, pesticides, mold, you know all these things that you don't really think about as a as a consumer until you know you want to think about it. Like I, I want to put good stuff in my body, not a bunch of poison or toxins or chemicals or whatever. So when you, so all of my stuff is third party tested. If a product that you're taking out there is not third party tested, you should ask why. And uh, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Now a couple more questions again. I know it's, uh, it's still kind of early there, but I don't want to take up too much of your day. Was it like eight, eight thirty, nine o'clock over in Hawaii right now? It's, 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 it's 10 o'clock right now. Oh man. I love it. I love it. Um, one is, did you see uh, the famous Navy SEAL Rob doing uh, stand-up on the David Spade show? I, I did not, but Rob, was, uh, Rob has always been a super smart guy and a funny guy. Um, I, my, I guess my biggest memory of Rob is he would do, in Buds, is he would do the seven degrees of separation with Kevin uh, Kevin Bacon, I think. Yeah, yeah, Kevin Bacon. And so you could give him any movie anywhere, and he would like somehow. Over time, I listened to him enough. I was like, I think I could probably do this now because at some point you come back to the same like three or four movies that you know everyone is connected to. That's funny. Yeah, it, it's pretty funny if you look at it. It's lights out. They they feed him lines. It's it's really funny. He does a good job with it. Um, my, my other question is, as far as mental toughness and stuff, you know. Obviously, there's, there's a lot of levels, and you decided to go at a very extreme level. Have you always had that personality that you were just going to do everything to the extreme like that? I mean, 
I know guys that go into the military, but not all of them go special forces. And definitely not all of them have that mental strength to push themselves through something like, you know, SEAL training is just so intense. Um, I don't see, I, you know, it's funny. I don't see myself as like this elite performer. Um, I see myself as I'm always trying to grow and I'm trying to get better at everything. Um, you know, you know, even going back to jujitsu, I'm a, I'm a 20 year blue belt in jujitsu. I go to class and I don't even like, don't promote me. I don't care. I just want to roll and I want to learn. Um, you know, CBD, there's still so much to learn. Uh, business, so much to learn. The world, you know, there's, there's so much to learn. And I'm just like a, a, a constant student of the game. Um, what do I need to learn today? If I don't learn something new today, then it was a wasted day. I love that. Where, where do you train out there? I trained a couple of times out in, uh, I trained at um, Gracie Technics where, where uh, Max Holloway trains. I trained out there a little bit with uh, Highland. And then I trained at the uh, Atos Island Jiu-Jitsu with Surfer J out there. Uh, so I live kind of in the center of the island. And we're getting ready to move, but um, uh, Central Oahu Jiu-Jitsu is uh, it's right down the street. My, my six-year-old daughter goes there right now. They've got a great bullyproof program. It's, yeah, it's very good. Cool. Um, yeah. That's awesome, and that's awesome. Uh, you know, you also mentioned. She gives me a. Good. She. Oh, I was gonna say that she's she's like my my at home training partner. So. Nice, nice. Yeah, I got a grappling dummy over there. It's shunning me. I think it's mad at me. I'm not using it enough. Um, <laughs> you know, you mentioned too with um, you know, you, you you start to get your, you know, you hit the red zone, you hit the orange zone, and then you take it to kind of calm down a little bit. Uh, I'm always interested in seeing how. I get a lot of questions from people on uh, wanting to pick my brain wanted to ask me about what I do, how do I do it, all kinds of things across the spectrum. One of the things I try and answer back with is there's a few different ways that we can work together. People can either um, participate by being a buyer, being a seller, or being a partner, and that's really the best way to learn. So if people have questions that have reached out to me, the best thing to do is jump on www.nicknicknick.com. And you can schedule a consultation if you're looking to sell properties, buy part properties, partner on some deals, or just get a general consultation to see where we can even fit in and where we can do business together. On any level, there's options for that to set some stuff up. So please visit www.nicknicknick.com to buy, to sell, or to partner on real estate deals or opportunities. That is the place to go. That is the best way to start making money and learning the process. Just talking. So you were saying when um. When we were talking about you taking the CBD, sometimes you hit that bright orange, your, your mood kind of gets elevated. And I'm always curious with the training you have as a Navy SEAL, I'm sure you're trained to keep yourself calm in stressful situations. And I wanted to know how has that uh, transformed or, or crossed over into your, your life of being able to stay calm in stressful situations like that and really be able to breathe and balance things out? Because I'm sure it's, it's probably just ingrained in you in this point. Yeah. Um, well, it's, I don't know that I've ever like really freaked out over anything. I mean, when I was 15, I was shot hunting and it was kind of a, kind of a big deal. I mean, I never really worried too much about being shot in combat. I'm like, dude, I've already been shot. I'm good. Um, <laughs> everyone else, you guys, you're, you know, when stuff starts blowing up around me, I was a little more concerned, but, um, you know, I think there's, I don't know if I have always been sort of wired that way where I didn't really freak out too much about stuff. Um, 
but for sure in life there's if you um if you let emotions get control control you instead of you controlling your emotions um you're you're going to fail there's no way around it um you might get lucky and not fail once or twice but if you get so consumed by your emotions that you can't function properly or think properly or make the, the proper decisions then you will set yourself up for failure and i was struggling with that you know with with some stuff that i had going on where i would use and, and i knew i was getting out of control and i'm like mm, and i couldn't quite put it put the genie back in the bottle so i was you know opening the other bottle of booze to like kind of to do that and that's where you know cbd has really helped uh help me kind of like come back come back to center like this is you are you know what you need to do and you know how you need to act and you know how you need to think so um it just it's it's a modality i still have to do other work i still have to do like you know just like do the good positive self-talk i still have to do um you know i practice you know gratitude and mindfulness and all this other stuff it's still work it's just like you know jujitsu or uh playing a musical instrument you still have to put the work in cbd is not a cure for anything cbd is a modality to help it's a tool to help you get where you want to be or where you need to be whether it's good health uh you know physical mental uh or if it's you know just just to kind of keep your body in homeostasis that's great absolutely well said and uh, i agree you know it's just it, it all goes into play. You have to be able to control those emotions and you have to be willing to put the work in. There really is just no magic pill. Um, right. Last question is if you were going to go into a time machine and you were going to find yourself at 18, knowing what you know now in life and in everything, what would be some advice you would give uh, a younger you? I would say work harder. Um, I would say work harder and don't. Um, how do I say this the right way? Cause I've, I've had this thought and I've, you know, actually, um, as I've left the SEAL teams, I expect I, my, I think my performance should be greater than what it actually is. I think I should have worked harder and I should have, should not have ever taken a break. You know, there are times where we kind of like, oh, I deserve this break. I deserve to eat McDonald's. I deserve whatever. I, you don't deserve anything. You deserve to live and you, you die. <laughs> in all that middle time, you should be doing the best that you can at everything that you can, you know, have a good morning routine, have a good nighttime routine, have a good, you know, you know, plan better, do, do life better, do life as full as you possibly can. And, you know, I think Jocko Willink does a really good job of, of you know discipline equals freedom and and he has some excellent points in his in his analogies and it, it truly does and i didn't i you know i was like you know i hated getting up early you know gotta go to work and work out first thing in the morning and you know really i was blessed to to have that opportunity and i didn't really take it on as like the blessing that it actually was now that i'm out i'm like i need to find that routine i need to find that discipline i need to find that and like just stick to it and if i had you know figured that out much earlier in life then i would be so much further along than i am right now 
Very well said, man. I love uh, anybody who doesn't follow Jocko every morning, man. That 4.34 a.m. watch <laughs> comes on his Instagram, you know, and his uh, all this stuff about just good. You know, I try and listen to that when I'm having crappy days, like you said, but I right. agree, man. I think those routines are huge. And um, has that been tough? Because I imagine, you know, I've seen two sides of it. I've seen the guys that get out of the military and they, they just, they need that structure. They need that routine and they crave it. They feel lost without it. And those habits stick. And I've also seen the guys that come out and they go, man, I just listened to somebody else tell me what to do for the last four to eight years. I'm going to take six months and just screw off. And then they never really get back on track from that. Right. right. And that's, that's, for me, I was somewhere in the middle. Um, I was kind of disciplined, but then also, you know, like I said, I, you know, I deserve to have, you know, that few weeks off or whatever. I don't deserve anything. I deserve to work hard every day and go to, go to bed fulfilled. Like I did a good job today because if you, if, if I don't do that, then I'm, then I, I've, I have FOMO. Like what I should have done this. I should have done that. Now I have like those negative self talk and, you know, you know, kind of that negative reinforcement going on that does not serve me. It keeps me awake. It's, you know, where if I, you know, get up in the morning, I have, you know, I know what I'm going to do. I know how I'm going to do it. And I just go attack the day and I go, you know, crush the day to the best of my ability. I fail every single moment of the day, but I use that failure as, you know, as a lesson learned, you know, we just had a, a, a minor failure right there in our, you know, in this <laughs> podcast and, but you don't, okay, no big deal. You just like, you learn from it and you move on. And uh, yeah. So, you know, having, you know, putting that, you know, I deserve something on the shelf, you know, and maybe you can have, you know, you know, dessert tonight or something like that, but I don't need dessert every night or, you know, I don't need dessert for lunch and breakfast or anything else. So, um, do hard stuff. Um, yeah, do hard stuff and, and, and earn, earn, earn the day. I love it. I love it. So how can people find you? How can they get your products? Uh, I don't know if you sell the shirts and stuff too, but that shirt's pretty badass. Uh, I, I'm going to, I have an order. I'm putting an order in for shirts and hats, um, probably this week. Uh, but you can find me on Instagram at either william.r.branham, which is my name, uh, or you can find me at Naked Warrior Recovery, all one word. Uh, my website is nw-recovery.com. Um, I think you can also go Naked Warrior Recovery, but I thought people might not like writing naked into their search <laughs> engine, so I, I, kind of, I own that, that domain also. But it, it's been a little iffy. It kind of looks like a broken website, so it's better to go to nw-recovery. Um, and then also, listeners to your podcast, uh, I'm going to give them a 20% discount. Uh, so if you type in A-game, all one word, A-game. Uh, as a discount code, uh, they will be able to uh, to get 20% off their first purchase. Dude, thank you so much for doing that. I will obviously put these uh, show notes in there and I'll post them on the website and everything when this episode comes out. But that that's awesome. And again, I'm using your stuff. I have it all right here. It's been working great for me, man. It's doing good for my body. It's doing good for my brain. Um, I, I really appreciate it, man. And, uh, you know, one of my one of my closest friends is a Marine who passed away. Uh, Johnny Eubags, give him a shout out while I'm on here. I know he would love to talk to you. And uh, another one of my buddies from jiu-jitsu, I think just got out of ranger school, uh, Robbie Plotkin. So I'll give him a big shout out, man. But um, thank you very much for your service. Thank you very much for your time and for sharing some of your experiences. And, um, man, I can't thank you enough. This is awesome. I could literally just pelt you with questions for like another two hours. But <laughs> I will let you go enjoy your day in Hawaii. Do you have uh, any closing thoughts for anybody listening? Uh, 
personal stuff, success stuff, CBD stuff, just anything in general? I think really, you know, just kind of, uh, so I, ha I have another company, a consulting company, and, and it's called Nalu Strategic Solutions. Nalu is, is wave or surf in Hawaiian, but it's also, you know, kind of an acronym of N is never quit. A is allow failure, never quit. You know, if you have something you want to do, just go do it. A is allow failure because you're going to fail at the end of the day. That's how you learn. That has been my greatest lesson in life is, is failure. Um, love, love what you do, love the people around you. You know, if you can't love those people, then they should not be part of your, your inner circle, part of your life. And, and you is unconventional thinking. You know, the, the world thinks conventionally. And I've spent my entire adult life in unconventional, doing unconventional warfare. So um, in, in life, in business, in, you know, in everything that you do, think about things unconventionally. Don't just, you know, it's not about keeping up with the Joneses. It's about living the best life that you can or having the best business you can. So, so be unconventional. You know, a lot of th times you just do the opposite of what everyone else is doing. And oftentimes you'll be successful in what you do. So, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll end it with that. That's perfect stuff, man. Um, well, Brandon, I really appreciate it. Naked Warrior Recovery. I'll put the show notes in there. And uh, the next time I'm out in Hawaii, man, I'll take you to Hula Grill, like lunch or dinner on me, whatever fits into your schedule. Awesome. Thanks right. a lot, man. Have a great day. Yep. Talk to you soon. If you guys are getting anything from the podcast and some of the great knowledge and tips that the guests are sharing, please take a minute and leave a review on iTunes or any of your platforms with some stars and some comments, helping spread the promotion and spread some visibility for the podcast, for the guests, and for the knowledge so we can continue to do this. It'd only take a minute. I appreciate it if you guys could take the time. It would go a very, very long way. Again, leave a review on iTunes. Start to share. Start to spread the word. I really would appreciate it if you're getting anything out of this. Thank you.